This is Amy Kadakia and Kylie Grillo, and you're listening to Inside Ohio State Sweet, the Steminist Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today we have a special guest, Katie Lynn. She graduated from Ohio State in May 2021 with a degree in electrical and computer engineering. She was very involved in SWE and was the FY 2020-2021 OSU SWE president. So welcome, Katie. Hi, happy to be here. Hey, Katie. So could you tell us a little bit about your experience at Ohio State and with Ohio State SWE? Yeah. So it was a great experience and it really flew by. Um, It's crazy thinking I'm already over nine months out of college. Um, But OSU SWE was definitely, I'd say, one of the best parts of my college experience. It's where I met a lot of my friends and had a lot of the events that I think shaped my college career, um, whether that be conferences or helping plan the first SWE hosted engineering ball. Um, It was a really great experience. And now it's been fun to take what I've learned from SWE in college and transition it to my day-to-day job. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your career and what you've been up to post-graduation? Yeah, of course. So in July of 2021, I started at HP Inc. in Fort Collins, Colorado, where I work in the personal systems area Um, as a computer hardware design engineer. And so what that means is I help design the motherboard circuits that end up in the premium desktop workstations, which are the really high tech um, desktop computers. You may see them in the OSU computer lab or in a GE healthcare MRI machine. Um, So that's been really awesome. So what's it like working in such a technical role? Yeah, I was surprised. On one hand, I find myself on some days using every single class that I had in college and having to put it together in ways that I didn't have to in college before, you know, the application area. College can only give you sort of a general basis and not the niche application areas, but I'm finding myself asking myself again, what's the purpose of a capacitor? What's the purpose of a resistor? Um, But then there are other days where none of my college classes apply and it's a lot of on the job learning and luckily I have fantastic mentors at my job and my manager that's gotten me some training classes. Um, So a lot in test and debug, it's trial and error, problem solving, um, and that's really kept me on my toes and I love that every day is different. Are those classes like something that HP, like, you know, pays for you guys to go to and like learn on your own time or is it like at during like work hours or like how does that work yeah um the company that offered these classes is a third-party company and originally they offered in-person classes that they could host at the company as well as online live classes or online recorded classes because of covid and just the way i wanted to learn i signed up for the online classes um that were pre-recorded so i had 90 days to watch these lessons, but I had, I could email the instructor if I had any questions. I got to download the PowerPoint slides and it came with a textbook, which has now been really great because those first 90 days, I was just getting my feet wet, didn't really know what questions to ask. And now I find myself going back and trying to re-remember everything from that class. That's awesome that they actually provide that and like let you also learn on your own and give you options on how to learn. It's like more school, but relevant school instead of, you know, classes in college that maybe do not do not help everyone in everything. 
I was gonna say, I did develop some bad habits with Zoom school that I'm still working to break now, you know, with pre-recorded classes, but I said, that's why it's really great to have extra time with it and have the resources available later. So what was it like transitioning from college to working full-time? Yeah, it was a pretty big transition. Part of it was really nice in the fact that, you know, when I'm done with work, I get to go home and not have homework and sort of be done for the day. Um, minus my late night calls with China. There's definitely some pros and cons to working for a global company, but that's a really cool thing that I do every Monday night. Um, but I did find that one thing I had to sort of figure out how to manage was that in school, you know, you can finish an assignment or finish a chapter, finish a semester, and you have this really concrete endpoint. Whereas in work, things are never done or they have much longer deadlines. Um, the computers that we're developing now are over three year projects. Um, so I had to learn that, you know, with each day I could get done small items, but there'd always be more work left the next day. Um, you know, sometimes projects would take me multiple months to complete. And so I need to have the discipline to cut it off myself at the end of the day, you know, go home and break it up into smaller tasks that I still feel that self accomplishment through it. Um, and then also I realized there would be a distinction of being, you know, one of a few women in tech. I didn't realize how interesting to be one of a few young people as well. Um, luckily I started with three other new grads, which was great. Um, one actually graduated from University of Dayton and came to Ohio or came from Ohio to Colorado. Um, but there's been a really cool learning opportunity with that general generational knowledge gap, but then also areas where I've been able to teach others and not just how to convert a word to PDF. You know, that's the running joke. So um, after college, what was it like moving so far away? Cause you were from the Columbus area before and now you're all the way in Colorado. So what was that like moving all the way over there? Yeah, luckily I grew up in a military family. So this is not my first time moving. Um, this is actually my sixth time moving, but all the other times, you know, I pretty much moved with my family and had that support system. Or when I moved to college, everyone was looking for friends. Everyone was looking for their new group to fit in. Um, everyone was new. So this was a bit of an adjustment. On one hand, um, I was excited for the new adventures. I had been in Ohio for eight years, which is the longest I've ever lived somewhere. And I was finding, you know, I was going to the same restaurants over and over again and was ready for that change. But moving so far away had its challenges. I remember talking to someone in the summer and they couldn't wrap their head around the fact that I'd moved somewhere where I knew no one. And so for a short period of time, I had no friends here. Realistically, they don't grow on trees. Um, but they couldn't wrap their head around moving somewhere where there wasn't family or friends. And luckily a lot of my other college friends did the same thing. They pursued their passions and their career and ended up in really fun locations. And so we were all going through it together. And I'd say like within, you know, two to three months, you know, I found my group, the activities that I like here, rediscovering what free time is now after college, um, you know, how I fit in with the Colorado atmosphere. I wasn't gonna be the super crazy mountain biker skier person, but I found I really enjoy hiking and paddle boarding. Um, so it took a little bit and not everyone's going to understand or have been through a similar thing, but I'd say it's definitely worth it. I love who I am now because of this move. Well, that's amazing. I'm, I'm so glad that you got such a positive outlook on moving so far from home. I know for a lot of other people, they feel very anxious and scared with just the thought of that. Like you said, the person that you were talking to who couldn't wrap their head around that, like 
I mean, I'm someone who can't even wrap the head around leaving um, my home and then having to make friends and be somewhere else for however long. So uh, that's awesome that you were able to find your group and also find things that you enjoy doing. Because, you know, having free time in college, what is that? I don't know what that is. I know, I forgot what it was like. And I'll just say it's, it's so nice. So yeah, and making friends as an adult, like I said, is a little harder, um, especially during the pandemic. That hasn't been easy. Luckily, I go into the office every day, but like I said, most of my coworkers are very established in the area and already have their groups or spouses even. Um, so trying to find ways to creatively put yourself out there when you're still trying to keep in mind COVID precautions is a bit of a challenge. Um, obviously you can still do it. And it also helps if the vice president of your organization moves 45 minutes away from you. Um, I see Amanda Slager almost every weekend now and it's great. Well, that's awesome. Yeah, that's good that you have someone that you know, like kind of close. Yes, and we can sometimes reminisce on our glory days in OSU and see, and go see, watch football games together. That's the big one. Uh, yes, for sure. So we know that you've helped with recruiting at HP and we were wondering what it's like on the other side of the recruiting table and if you have any tips for people job searching. Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that. That's been an amazing opportunity that I've had with HP within my first year that makes me love the company even more. And it has been interesting being so fresh out of college and now being on the other side of the table. Um, I recognize where a lot of college students are coming from when they come to talk to me, either at a career fair or I've been in interviews as well. And But now the new pressures of being a recruiter and sort of wanting to prove myself as a good recruiter, finding top talent for our company. Um, so I'd say some of the things that really stand out to me when I'm talking to people is honestly an interest in the company. Um, I know you hear a lot to you know, do research on the company, but the people that I've most highly recommended for positions, you know, probably fit our base requirements on the resume. But then we end up spending most of our time together just talking about the company with them asking me about my internship or my job or what I like about the company. As many questions as you can ask, no question is, you know, too small, I guess, if you'd say. Um, if you get someone talking about their job, I'll say um, you're probably on the right track. And then being able to answer why you want to work for a company. This is one of the interesting ones because I know as a college student, we all just want to get jobs. At some point, any job, especially the younger you are. But if you can do that research and say, you know, one reason why that company specifically, you should always have the answer prepared because odds are you're going to get asked it. And if you don't answer it well, it's not a great way to start off the conversation. Um, I've had a lot of people say they just want to work at HP because they own the laptop, which is great. They know the brand. Um, but I'd much rather hear that you quickly look this up on LinkedIn and love our sustainability campaign, how we're taking ocean-bound plastic plastics and putting it into chassis or using our printers to print vaccines, um, even if that has nothing to do with your job that you're going for. The fact that you, you've said why you want the company other than just you want a job, again, that extra thing just to help you stand out a bit. Can you talk more about the plastics that you just said? I, I really want to hear more about that. Yeah, so I don't know a ton about it because I'm on the electrical side, but I know, um, like I said, HP is a company I love that has values and puts action towards those values. They're not just line items on our mission statement. So I know we were ranked like the most responsible company 
in the U.S. for like the second year in a row. And part of that is, again, we're taking ocean-bound plastics, which we're setting up um, third-party companies and working with people from that country to help collect plastics that wa wash up on the beach or they collect them off the ocean front. They um, shred them down to tiny little plastic pellets and then ship them. And they get shipped into H, um, our like HP warehouses where we melt them down and then put them in maybe your laptop case or when you're looking at a desktop computer, that plastic around it, that's made from ocean bound plastics is what we're working towards. That is so cool. Yeah, I think they also set up a company in California where they break down old PCB circuit boards um, and they try to hire people who have trouble getting jobs elsewhere. So a lot of people with criminal records or other things. And so they break down those circuit boards. And again, we use that for recycling um, to create our PCB material to go into our motherboards. Wow, that's so cool and so interesting that they're doing that. I know, like I said, I it's just, it's a company I can be proud to work for, which I love. Yeah, that's great. So then like related to um, recruiting from your side, do you feel like in the in eight, nine months or so that you've been working this role that you think as a recruiter, you're able to find people who fit your company culture? Do you think that you've been there long enough to see that? I do think so, because HP makes their culture such a prominent part of our day-to-day -day job. Um, they're always pushing it, and actually when we set goals for the year, we're um, required to have one cultural goal of, as well of how we're contributing to the culture and improving it. So I'd say I do know HP's culture and can usually tell when people would be a good match. Um, there's still a lot of the nuances I'm picking up, especially with only a 10-minute virtual um, talk, you know, with the career fairs, it'll be nice when we're in person again and don't have those time limits. Um, or interviews are great. I've loved when I've been on like 30 minute interviews and can get more of a sense of that. But you'll notice that, you know, there's certain comments that help tell you that they're interested in the culture, which, you know, growth mindset. Um, so, you know, asking about a previous project. I've sometimes asked about, tell me a time that you failed and how you've improved from that. A fairly standard question you'd be surprised sometimes the answers that you do hear from people and how they don't show a growth mindset, they deflect blame or don't show a learning and just say, yep, I failed, it is what it was and I move on, but don't you know, show that they learned anything from it. So how did you initially get involved in recruiting? Did you, like, was it something you wanted to do or did someone ask if you were interested? Yeah, so I knew from my internship that anyone in the company could help with the internship program. Um, and then I also had seen on Instagram that HP had a SWE section because um, they posted about our, what would be called our president, I think she called a global ambassador. And so within my first two weeks of starting at HP, I reached out to the global ambassador of HP SWE and said I wanted to get involved. Turns out they were looking for a talent attraction co-lead. Um, so of course I signed up for that. And then I reached out to one of the intern program heads towards the end of the summer and just sort of let her know that I had this position with HP Suite. I was super happy to be with HP full time and to let me know if she ever needed help with anything for the interns. And it turns out at that point we were ramping up for career fair season and she's like, oh great, I will add you on the distribution list. Um, we have all sorts of engineers, business um, and finance people. So, Within a couple weeks, I got trained up and I was going to a career fair a week, 
within my first month of starting work. So that was a lot, but it came at a really good time because my work hadn't picked up yet. So I was able to give a ton of time, but I was able to go to the ship conference and recruit the SWE conference and recruit as well as like four or five other colleges. Um, so there was a lot of initiative on my part because I knew it was something I wanted to be involved in. But it's funny, if you ask and find the right people, you can do it. So what's been the um, biggest challenge of like recruiting and being in this role? So yeah, one of the big challenges that I had while recruiting is, again, like I said, I felt a lot of pressure to be a phenomenal recruiter my first year round. I didn't want to let people down. And so I feel like I was trying to find the perfect candidate every time, you know, trying to find someone with, you know, tons of internship experience, the best grades, the best extracurriculars, um, that was, you know, super personable in the interview, and, you know, holding them and myself into these extremely high standards, because I didn't want to then give someone a high recommendation and find out someone else didn't like them as much, and then that reflects poorly on me. And... I realized I was sort of wasting this opportunity that I'd been given to, you know, push forward candidates that, um, you know, weren't perfect. None of us are perfect. Um, I definitely wasn't perfect. And so as much as I was talking to the other fellow recruiters, my coworkers about what makes a star candidate, we then changed our conversation to what are indicators of potential potential that someone could be a really good candidate. So I remember talking to a sophomore, we mostly hired juniors with some exceptions, but this one sophomore that already knew what she wanted to do with her degree. And it was exactly what we did. And um, my team was mostly, I said, interviewing other juniors. And I went to my manager and I was like, this sophomore, I'm like, she has less experience than these juniors. She can't keep up at that point. But I think the potential may be worth it, like an, an extra summer with us. And my manager agreed as well. And so that was a really cool turning point. But something I had to overcome as a recruiter was realizing I could put forward candidates that didn't check every box because that person just didn't exist. That's good to know um, for like students now, because it's so overwhelming, like going to career fairs and trying to find a job and making sure that you have every single requirement and just like trying to be perfect. And like, like you said, there's no perfect candidate and like not everyone's going to check every box most likely. So that's really, that's really nice to hear. Yes. And a lot of other recruiters do realize that it just took me a little while to learn what everyone else already realized. No, but I think that's important that you even like caught that in yourself because, you know, you're a new recruiter, but you also, you also had to learn like understanding other people's personal skills and then their technical skills and, and how you can merge those two together to make a candidate to have a candidate that's perfect for the company. But like you said, there's no such thing as a perfect candidate. So you have to like be understanding about it. And like, honestly, that gives me comfort knowing that the recruiters themselves know that we're not perfect and that we um, are trying our best, but we're at the end of the day, we're just people trying to put our best self forward in order to get the job that we want and show our passion through a company that we're also passionate about. So that's awesome. Yeah, and that's a perfect way of putting it. And then that goes back to my earlier thing of what makes someone stand out, which is if you don't check in every box, which again, no one does, the way you can make that extra gap is not necessarily like the technical skills, like taking that one extra class or whatever. It's showing your interest in the company and having done that research cuts a lot of places that um, other candidates may fall short and will make you 
you know, seem like the perfect candidate and help me see your potential. So um, something that makes me think of that is when you're talking to candidates, do you as a recruiter notice when someone is more extroverted versus introverted and if that really shows in and makes a difference in like picking a potential candidate for a company? Yeah, so I will say it's definitely easy to notice, but it doesn't always make a difference. Um, if someone just takes a couple extra seconds to answer a question, that's no big deal. I've been told to do the same thing myself to make sure I have the answer that I want ready. Um, you know, or more concise answers is also not necessarily a bad thing as long as you get your point across. I'd say the only point where it is sometimes, um, you know, negatively impacts an interview is specifically in technical interviews. Um, I'm sure a lot of people have heard the biggest thing that recruiters are looking for is your ability to communicate as you're working through problems, to tell us what you're thinking, go through your thought process. Again, that way we can see the potential. Because a lot of times, sometimes the questions are made to be really hard, and we want to see how you do when confronted with a challenge. Um, and so for someone that doesn't speak as well towards their thought process, it can be harder for us as a recruiter to fill in the gaps um, of what you're thinking, what knowledge you're running through, where your current learning is. And then also, are you willing to ask for help? Because no one knows all the information that they need for their job day one. Um, and it's better to ask for help sooner or take help even when it's offered. Sometimes we offer help and, you know, candidates will decline it because they think it'll look poorly on them. But, you know, we're looking for someone that will reach out. Ooh, some inside scoop on the technical process. That's exciting. <laughs> and also really nice to know. Um, I didn't know that really it doesn't look, it's not bad to ask for help during like technical interviews. I think that, you know, we always want to show that we know everything when we really don't. So knowing that's okay is nice. Yeah, I will say to a point, of course, you don't want to ask someone, how do you solve this problem? But saying, right. hey, am I on the right track? Or, um, you know, I'm deciding between these two different um, paths forward. Can you offer me more insight? That's perfectly acceptable, in my opinion. So moving on, can you talk about SWE at HP and what it's like to work for a company that supports diversity, equity, and inclusion? Yeah, so it makes me super excited, although say there was also a learning curve with that. HP SWE is very different from OSU SWE. Um, OSU SWE, you know, has a huge member base all within mostly four years of each other, um, plus our occasional grad student. Um, an extremely organized leadership board with lots of processes and documentation in place. So with the company supporting diversity, equity, and inclusion, what has that been like? Um, so if I, as I mentioned earlier, we're encouraged to write one culture goal each year. Um, and so what's really great is this work for HP Suite isn't something that I just do in my off work hours, but I actually set my work goal as helping with HP Suite and attracting more women in tech towards HP. Um, so my manager fully recognizes this and encourages it. Um, she's super happy that I've taken this on. And so I'm able to spend my work hours working towards it as well. And this has led to other opportunities um, that I was sort of surprised to be invited to. So my organization has a women in tech um, sort of tiger team that's been tasked with helping get our organization to greater than 30% women in tech by 2030, um, which is you know, a lofty goal, but one that we can definitely help with. But I got 
you know, sort of thrown into this group with three of the most impressive technical women I have ever met, um, huge role models, as well as my vice president who leads it. Um, so you think boss is boss is boss. And at first, you know, and he's a fantastic male ally. And I've now been in these meetings with other leadership working on what can they do in their day-to-day -day life, day-to-day um, -day job to help impact and make the culture better for women in tech, recruit more women in tech, retain women in tech. And this was something I never saw myself doing when I came to HP. But again, it makes me love the company even more that I've been given these opportunities. I'm now networking and, um, with these women in this group, bonding. Um, and getting role models to look after. And I think it's gonna be a really positive force in my career. Um, and it feels, again, really good to work for a company that cares about that and like it puts the actions towards the values. Um, you know, I'm seeing these managers make these pledges and work towards sponsoring women, mentoring women, um, offering training towards men. It's great to see. We love that he's in the allyship, woohoo. So you talked um, a little bit about this before, but, you know, having not so many young people and not so many women, but what's it like been working with different demographics and how have you been, um, how have you been dealing with that? Um, listen, there are some times where, you know, it can feel a little lonely where no one else is excited that the pumpkin spice lattes have come out at Starbucks or, I went to go see a, a concert at this amazing outdoor venue in Colorado and everyone was super excited about that until I said it was the Jonas Brothers concert. Um, I may have lost a little street cred with that, but no shame. It was one of the best concerts I've been to in my life. Um, or, you know, we'll be standing in the hallway and everyone will be talking about how much snow they had to shovel from their house or fixing their gutters. And I'm like, I have an apartment and this is fine. Um, or, you know, having the option to work from home. Um, so I have the option to work from home as much as I want, but my job is has office components that are essential to do. And I love going into the office. So I go in pretty much every day. And a lot of people were confused by that until I explained that, you know, I have a small apartment. And so my you know desk is right next to my bed, just like it was with Zoom school. And I'm not the most productive in that. And I can only fit one extra monitor on my desk, unlike the two I have in the office. Um, but I've definitely overcome that and try to find common factors. It's great now taking all these adventures around Colorado and then using that as a common topic to talk with people. Again, a lot of Coloradoans are very outdoorsy and love hearing what everyone else is doing. Um, lots of photographers in my group. So sharing my pictures and seeing their pictures and then getting their trip recommendations has been great. And then, like I said, it puts me in a nice position where we, when we do get young employees, um, Often the other young employees are all tasked with welcoming them and helping them feel included. And so um, it's easy. I was put in a desk pod um, cubicle type thing with another new grad. And it, it's nice to just be able to lean back in my chair and be like, hey, do you know this? Nope, okay, neither do I. And then we can go forward and ask together um, what that's like. And I've learned a lot from the other members of my team and their knowledge even if it's anything from how to set up my 401k at work and when my company matching gets put in place, they've been through that, or it was coming up on our year-end performance reviews and I got really nervous and they were able to tell me sort of what to expect um, and, you know, sort of talk about expectations in terms of 
raises, bonuses, performance reviews, you know, feedback, all of that stuff. Um, so it's been a balancing act. I'll certainly be happy um, as you know, more young employees are coming in, but the older employees have a great wealth of knowledge and so you should find that common ground to talk with them. And it helps. I watched a lot of 80s movies with my family. And so that's fun. We were debating what the best Tom Cruise movie was the other day. Um, the answer may be Top Gun. Gotta love Top Gun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know how earlier you'd mentioned that on Mondays you do like night calls with like um, clip, whether, I don't know if you said it was clients. China. Raised with China. Yeah. So um, could you talk about that a little bit? I think that was really interesting. Yeah. So um, with my job, again, we design the circuit boards for the computers, but our circuit boards are in very complicated and you know there's thousands of our little um, like wires or traces going on the board and stuff like that and HP doesn't also do a lot of its own manufacturing when it comes to circuit boards so we work with um, what's called an ODM an original design manufacturer in China and so they have a whole electrical uh, design team mechanical team thermal team test teams and so we work hand in hand with them as we're designing our boards and they're doing a lot of the individual trace routing, you know, laying down the individual capacitors um, while we're making a lot of the larger design decisions about what's going to be implemented and how it's going to be implemented. So every Monday, um, we have a call with them to sort of sync on this. And then it'll be funny, I walk into work most days with 30 emails waiting for me because um, they will have been updating our design files and test results overnight. And then I have all day to review them and respond back as well. So that's been a really interesting part of the job. Um, sometimes I've enjoyed when we're in a, you know, pressing debug and I have to wait 24 hours for a response. That's been taking some use, getting used to. Um, yeah, I always think it's cool when I say, yeah, I'm on calls with China once a week. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about how you've stayed involved with Sosairo Yeah. So when I came out to Colorado, I joined the Rocky Mountain professional section. Um, and I'm excited. I've joined a group called a Collective Wisdom Group that I think they've actually won a SWE award for before. But they try to group people by career area and location. And then we'll get together about every other week. Um, it's supposed to start in the next month and have a guide to sort of talk about the topics that we may face in our career area. And again, share collective wisdom about what we're learning or run through options together. And so that's fun. I went to a picnic this summer. Again, COVID's made things a little bit harder to get involved um, by watching all the emails and there's more volunteer opportunities coming up this spring with getting involved with Girl Scouts or middle schools. So that's been fun. And then I'm very excited. Um, I've applied to speak at conferences before for SWE, um, and it's never really happened before, but this year, um, me and my college friend, Bridget Wodge, were selected to speak at WE Local, Local Albuquerque um, here in February 2022, so I think we're both super excited about that. We've been trying for a while, and it's fun to finally see that happen, and then HP sponsoring me to go to the conference. Um, again, they recognize what a great opportunity is for professional development, for visibility, and so on. And so I'm going with my company's blessing, and it feels great. It is so exciting. 
Woohoo, it's so exciting that you guys are speaking. And, you know, great thing about SWE to our listeners is that you get to go to conference when you are a member, um, a societal member, and you can even go as a professional as well and take part of these sessions, whether you're a speaker or to listen in and learn something new. I know that when I've gone to conferences in the past, I've learned so much and have enjoyed it immensely. So highly recommend. Yep. And a little tidbit, if you bought your C2C membership and you're using that first year professional membership, you still qualify for collegiate rates to go to conference, which is like a quarter of the cost. Um, so definitely take advantage of those first couple conferences, even if you have to pay to send yourself. Because um, I will say I looked at the prices, it gets a lot more expensive as a professional. So um, really hoping I can keep representing my company and going. Yeah, and that's a lot of companies I have seen will, even if they don't have a SWE section of the company, a lot of companies will sponsor SWE memberships um, as a part of their initiative towards supporting women in engineering. So be sure to ask about that because I've seen it now at, you know, two to three companies. So uh, Katie, thank you so much for all of the information that you've said. Um, do you have any advice that you would like to give our listeners? Yeah, I would. Um, I think the main advice would be to make the most of every moment. Um, I was sort of caught off guard when COVID started in 2020. Um, I was planning a lot of big things for the end of college and didn't get to see that quite through, but still tried to make the most of my time. But it can be hard to step away from that next midterm, that next homework assignment. Um, but realize you know, you're not going to be with these people for a while or in this awesome city where you're close to you know, short north in the theaters and stuff, and then carry that mentality with you when you leave college. Um, again, moving across the country, I spent a decent amount of time alone. And something my sister would actually say to me a lot is um, romanticize your life. And so it's sort of like treating yourself as like, you know, the main character in a movie. And so I would go one Saturday morning and just buy myself a scone and coffee in the old town and sit out on the plaza, you know, just sort of watching, you know, the kids and dogs run around where I went to go do yoga in City Park um, of Fort Collins one Friday night, and then went and did like wine in the hot tub afterwards. Um, and so that sort of mentality can help you, you know, push you to do a lot other, you know, things that you want to do. And it's been really great for sort of embracing this new era that I've come into. That's great advice. I love that. Romanticize your life. So I'm going to work on that. But thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. And we wish you luck with everything at um, with SWE and HP and anything else. And good luck yeah. speaking at conference. Yes, and yeah. I hope to see you at HP booths, and I hope our members get to see you too. Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and stay tuned for future episodes. Remember, you've got this, and we've got you. Now go stem fire the world.